Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Remember, we've told you no perfect parent. No perfect parent. None's walked in today. There are no perfect parents, but we want to be real. We don't want to be somebody that is one thing here in church or at work, and then at home a very different thing, because our kids are very, very wise. They can understand exactly who we really are. I mean, really, if anybody knows you, your children know you, and your spouse knows you. More than that, God knows you. One of the hardest things to do in life is to live our lives consistently. When we have a different group of people we work with or go to school with and we go to church with, well, the temptation to fudge our walk or to go along with the crowd at work or school can be quite strong. Even when it might harm our Christian witness, the pull is still there. Pastor Mark is reminding us in his teaching today that not only is God watching, our spouses and children are watching too. When we least expect it, evidence of our compromise will become apparent. The way to avoid that problem is to be steadfast and uncompromising. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called Role Models. Psalm 78, we've been talking about one thing, role models. How you and I, as adults and students, can be role models for God. Now, the first thing I want you to write this morning is this. God designed parents to be the first and most important role models. Today, we have to be careful that we don't leave the world to be the role model for our children. We don't leave their friends to be the role model. We certainly don't leave our schools to be the role models for our children. And really the last thing that we really want is the church just to be the role model and the parent is left out. No, not at all. Now in Psalm 78, watch what God says to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to the nation of Israel, which would be for you and I today, God speaking to us. Psalm 78, verse 1. Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to hear what I am saying. For I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. Recently, David Kingman wrote a book called You Lost Me. And it was a book based on interviewing 5,000 students, youth. And here's what he says in the book. This generation of youth needs truth. 
They don't want spiritual soft serve. They want to know what is truth. This is a generation hungry for substantive answers to life's biggest questions. Well, that's really true about every generation. We really want to know the truth. So I want to remind you of two keys today. You don't need to write it down. Number one, God is the perfect parent. You and I, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, God is our heavenly father. He's not an absentee father. He is absolutely the perfect parent. And when God established a relationship with man, he gave us the perfect manual for living, the word of God. So there's no lack today in your life as a parent, as a grandparent, as a student. When you get ready, you think, well, I don't know, Pastor Mark, I've come from a home where my parents weren't believers. I don't think I can be a godly role model to my children because I've never had really a role model here. No, no, no. You have God and you have God's word. So there's plenty of challenge for all of us. Now, God designed parents, you and I, to teach those principles basically in the home. Now, that just doesn't mean around the time when you read the Bible to your kids. I'm talking about when you get up, when you go, when you go fishing, when you go all kinds of different things in your life, that the principles of God's word are there. That instruction manual is alive in you as a parent. Now, we learned something. I think that was important. Remember, I had a little bike here. And I said, if you're going to teach your child how to ride a bike... What was the very first thing that you had to know? Anybody remember? You have to know how to ride a bike what? First. You can't read from the bike manual to your kid. Your kid wants you to ride along with them in life. Let me ask you this morning as a parent. Are you riding along with your children and grandchildren today? Are you actively involved as they hit the bumps in the roads in life? Are you there explaining to them what that's all about and how that works? You see, before I can be a parent that's teaching my kids spiritual truth, I have to be living that first. So we gave you a new word. Some of you wrote that word down. Anybody remember what the new word was? Good job. Terrific. Be a really... What did that mean? It meant simply be real. Remember, we've told you, no perfect parent. No perfect parent. None's walked in today. There are no perfect parents, but we want to be real. We don't want to be somebody that is one thing here in church or at work, and then at home a very different thing, because our kids are very, very wise. They can understand exactly who we really are. I mean, really, if anybody knows you, your children know you, and your spouse knows you. More than that, God knows you. So I challenged you today to be a really. You see, we don't just pass on what we say. We pass on what we are. More is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. That's why... In this generation especially, our generation today is incredibly visual. So they're watching for all of these things in life. Now look at verse 4. We will not hide 
these truths, there's the word truth, from the our children. So I have to act, be active in our kids' role right now. And second, we will tell the next generation that begins to introduce us to this thing called the circle of life. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. So what does that mean? As a parent, as a grandparent, we're going through life. Our children and students and grandchildren are watching us. As we experience all kinds of things in life, as we talked about a moment ago, the ups and the downs, all of us have those. As we experience those things, we are applying spiritual principles from God's word to these areas. I heard Greg Laurie say something this week. You'll hear me say it a lot because it really resonated with me. Listen to this principle. Plan A, be humble. Plan B, be humbled. Which plan would you like this morning? Which plan would you like? I'd like to be humbled rather than be what? Be humbled. So it's all about pride. That's a great principle to teach your kids. You want to be prideful? What's the Bible say? After pride comes what? A fall. Well, who'd want to pick plan B? So how are you going to learn that? And how are you going to learn it? You're going to learn it because you're human. The longer you've learned it, most of us have taken plan B a couple times. And we know what it means to be humbled. So we're going to teach those principles to our kids. That's what they, And then it's passed on to the next generation. Now look at verse 5. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded. Notice this is not options. He commanded our ancestors to teach them all the things that God had done in their lives to their children. Why? So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. Now look at me. Fall fest. Why? Because the children by and large around our churches here in America, by and large, The majority of them do not have Christian parents that know anything about God's word. So their concept of God is what they hear their parents say. And many of the parents, because they've not been raised by their parents to know God, think that God is this. God is just an option. The church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. The only thing they're after is their money. When people drive by this big building here and the brand new building in in Vieira, very often the the parent will say, well, there goes another waste of money. Look at all those stupid people that gave all that money for that church. Well, how are we going to correct that? How are we going to get them to understand that God owns everything and God loves them by Fall Fest? Why? Games, people serving, everything, listen, free to them. Free them. Pastor Mark, you mean we're giving the hot dogs and stuff away? No, we're not. You are. <laughs> it's from your tithes and offerings. Say hallelujah. Just say hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Good stuff. Plumpy dough. Who gave the plumpy dough over there? You did. So that people can see that our God is good. 
Understand that this morning. That's why we're doing it. This isn't just an alternative to Halloween. Lord, help us. This is to reach out to a generation that is clueless about how good our God is. So what those verses talk about is a circle of life. It began in the Garden Eden. It never ends. We want the next generation and the next generation to know about the goodness of God. Now, if you miss everything I teach this morning, and you miss everything, here's one thing I want you to write, and I want you to write it in your Bible when you get home in the front page. Parent and grandparent, listen to this. Parent, be what you want your children and grandchildren to be. This is for you. You see, of all things, you want your children to be successful in life, for sure. But it's more than just successful in life. You want them to understand the the spiritual aspect of their life. Look at verse 7. Why the circle of life? Why the circle of life? Look at verse 7. It's right in front of you. So each generation should set its hopes anew on God. Is that you this morning? Do you really know anything about God? Now, many of you don't, and I'm glad you're here, because you're going to hear about how good God is today. Not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. So the goal of a parent and a grandparent is not just passing on information, but spiritual transformation. It's not just passing on good morals, that's important, but it's transformation, God transforming their lives. To understand this, I cannot pass on my salvation to my children. It'd be nice because my grandfather was a pastor and my dad was a pastor. Maybe when I'm born, if you could pass it on, I'm just automatically in, baby. No problem. But what if you came from a family that had none? Well, it has nothing to do with it. Each child must determine their will and serve God for themselves. But I can make a great impact. I can be a super influence in their lives. So I want to give you four things as parents to write down today. Now, number one. Teach, through your words, and model, and model, the priority that life is all about God. Now, I want you to turn. You won't have a hard time doing this. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. As you get this, understand, as a parent and a grandparent, there'll be a time when your child will ask this. Dad, mom, what is life all about? How did I get here? What's the purpose of life for me, mom and dad? When I die, mom and dad, when you take your child to a funeral, one of the questions they're going to give you and ask you is when they leave is, well, where, where did Uncle John go? Where did Grandpa or Grandma Jill go? Well, what are you going to say? See, if you have no idea, then you can't answer the most basic questions of life. So we have to model that the priority of life is not about our children. It's not about our parents. 
It's about God. God is the center of our life and everything revolves around him. Now, Genesis 1-1. Everybody there? Everybody Genesis 1-1? Here's go. Watch me as we read. In the beginning, man created the heavens and the earth. Is there a problem? Okay, let me reread that. In the beginning, a big bang created the heavens and the earth. Is that right? All right, well... Let's see what the Bible really says. What are the what are the first four words that we see in the Bible? In the beginning, say it with me. God. In the beginning, God. These first four words are the foundation of our faith. These four words. Understand that everything and everybody in the world started with God. A God that's all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at the same time. A God with which nothing is impossible. God is good. We see as we look at the book of Genesis. God is great. He's personable. So, You and I need to teach our children and grandchildren to believe these words. If they will believe those first four words, then they will come to believe not only in God, but in all thousands and thousands of the other words that God gave us. You see, if you can get your hands around and just simply believe in the beginning God, the rest of this is a piece of cake. It just falls in line because this is what God wrote. Now, how many of you would like a little more explanation in Genesis 1? How many would like a little more explanation? I'd like a little more explanation. But God doesn't give us any more explanation. The Bible simply states what? God is. Never attempts to prove it. Either take it or don't believe it. Now, why did God do that? Why did God not give us all the ways all this happened? You see, God has always been and always will be. Before there was anything, there was God. Now, how many pages would he have to write for us to understand that? You could never understand it. How can you believe in the beginning God? That's impossible. How many of you think... If God wrote how he created the earth, you could put it in your own words. Anybody here? No, he just said, be light, and there was light. Figure that out. Well, and I work my formulas. Yeah, your formulas. Mm. No. So why did not God go into a long explanation? Because of one thing. God never requires us to prove that he's alive. He just asked us to believe it. I want you to see Hebrews, and I want you to see this. This is very important for you. I love apologetics to a point. I love people arguing about, yes, there is a God, atheist, there isn't a God, and all these other things. But here's the bottom line. For your child as well, because the world is telling them a million things that are wrong. Look what God says in Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it's impossible to believe God. Read on. Because anyone who comes to him in a relationship must believe that, number one, he exists. You just have to have faith. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
So God designed man to have faith to believe. And you cannot prove it. Faith is required. Very often, here's what man says. God, if you prove to me you're real, I'll believe. God says, no, no, that's not the way it works. You believe, and I'll prove in your heart that I'm real. That's huge. You say, well, I don't like that. Who cares? You're not God. I don't like the way he did it. Were you there in the beginning? We already told you. You weren't there in the beginning. So he set it up so that you and I would have what? Faith. Simply to believe God's worth. And where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you read the word of God, the more interesting it becomes. Now, notice something quickly. It is interesting the Bible doesn't define those people who will not believe in God by faith. It doesn't define them, but it does give them a name. The Bible says this in Psalm 14. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. God knew that many people would refuse to believe by faith. What does he define them as? A fool. Now, look at Genesis 1.1. It goes on. In the beginning, God, next word, created. Created. It's a very interesting word. Created is the word bara, bara. And it means this, to create something out of nothing. Now, when you begin to think about that, only time we ever see this word bara created in the Bible, God's connected with it. Because only God can create something out of nothing. So in the beginning, God bara. He created the world out of nothing, out of non-existing materials. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, once he created the heavens and the earth, uh, he used the existing materials that he created out of nothing uh, to be assembled and do all kinds of other things. So ever since that first six days of creation, everything else is created or assembled out of existing materials. Man himself cannot bara anything. Only God can bara. Did you know even the great Steve Jobs never barad anything? He made this iPad out of existing material. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, this is a first service. What in the world are you talking about? I didn't come to learn if I could bara something or not. Well, yes, you did. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and just say this this morning. Only God can bara. Just do it, would you? Now, you say that's stupid, Pastor Mark. No, it's not stupid. That defines God versus you and me. In today's message, Pastor Mark talked about having authenticity as parents. We need to be what he called a really someone who is the same at work and church as they are at home. We were reminded of the fact that little eyes watch everything we do. Our first witness is to be to our children. 
It'll be hard to win anyone else for Christ if we aren't influencing our kids properly. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching on role models. We will hear about the importance of godly parenting, passing on the principles of God to our children. He will re-emphasize the importance of being honest, not being phonies or hypocrites, so that people won't be discouraged from following Christ because of the falseness they see in us. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.